0: Welcome to the podcast, people more interesting than me. I'm your host, Michael Stromsky. where every week I host a new guest with unique professions, personal adversity, or even maybe a strong opinion or two. And if you haven't hit the five stars review on Apple Podcasts, please hit it now before you forget. Running a podcast is a surprising amount of work, and more reviews converts into a wider range of future guests this week. We have a remarkable guest who is passionate about empowering individuals with ADHD to take control of their lives through a unique approach. Julie Sad, a renowned ADHD and nutrition coach who firmly believes that a ketogenic diet holds the key to managing ADHD symptoms effectively. In a world where attention deficits and cognitive challenges are prevalent, Julie brings a fresh perspective that challenges conventional thinking. With her deep understanding of ADHD and her expertise in nutrition, she has been guiding individuals on a transformative journey toward improved focus, mental clarity, and overall well being. Enjoy. So let's get into it. what is your profession and what are your passions? Because it sounds like, at least from your enthusiasm and what I've read, they kind of co mingle.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so my profession is I am an ADHD and nutrition coach. So I help people with their ADHD who can't or don't want to go on medication. So we use more of a natural way of going about it. So that's my profession. It's also my passion. Um, and I have other passions too. Um, other hobbies I have is um, belly dance. Um, I don't want to say that. Cycling is a passion, but I have a long history with cycling. So that's kind of
0: something. So do you do that? Like, I'm a huge fan of like long trips. I do one. Um, I like to do one for my birthday all the time. Is it more like long distance trips? Or are we talking like Lance Armstrong types type uh, cycling?
1: Yeah, I've done two bike tours. I did one that was all the way down the California coast and into Texas. And then I did another that was Alabama all the way to Columbia. And
0: that's
1: where I live now. So I got tired, and I stayed (laughs)
0: So what would be the reason, I guess, for someone uh, to not go the medication route?
1: Well, there are different reasons. So there is a group of people that don't respond to some medications. So usually the first line um, treatment is going to be stimulant medication that's recommended. Have you ever tried it?
0: Yeah, I'm on amphetamine salts. Uh, So basically methamphetamines, I guess you would say.
1: they're, They're mixed amphetamine salts. Okay. Um, yeah, they are, but from my understanding, they're slightly, slightly different than methamphetamine and you can't actually get a prescription for methamphetamine if you don't respond to mixed amphetamine salts. That's the understanding mm-hmm. I have of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are, there's a group of people that don't respond to it at all. Um, and don't respond to other, to non-stimulant medications. Um,
0: that is so surprising to me.
1: It's <laughs> cause <laughs> so it's working for you then. Yes, it does. Uh-huh. okay. Got it. Yeah. So Some people don't respond at all. It's just the way it goes. Um, and then other people are told really not to take it sometimes in the case of a high blood pressure. And then, um there's a whole other situation. like, um, for example, stuff has just come out saying it's fine to take this kind of these medications during pregnancy. But a lot of women are like,, oh, I don't know. you know, like the study yeah. says it's safe, but
0: I'd rather not take the chance, basically. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, and it's tricky because, um, then they go off their medication and they're struggling quite a lot. Um, you know, cause they're also dealing with pregnancy on yeah. top of it. So it's just like, you know, there's this thing called pregnancy brain where it's just, just feels like it's not working. The brain's not working like it should. And if you already yeah. have a stressed brain from having ADHD, we tend to have more stress, um, than the average bear. <laughs> um, you know, then you're kind of, ha- you have this kind of double whammy of having unmedicated ADHD and pregnancy. So mm-hmm. Um so that would be another case of somebody not wanting to do it and then some people just um just don't want to be on medication.
0: That last part I definitely agree with. A lot of people I don't know. I know some people that would rather they'll come to the like the doctor will tell them about a special medication or something like that and then basically between then and their next doctor visit they will they will basically go through exercise programs, all these different diets just to not be on that before their next doctor visit and it's usually cholesterol from what i've seen like my dad yeah my my dad who's um how old is he now 60 no sorry 75 or whatever he every time he had a uh cholesterol test he would a month or two months before he'd always have a salad for lunch right before and i was like that that kind of defeats the whole purpose dad like you're just You're just cleaning out the, uh, the veins just for this one test. And it's just going to go back to normal after that.
1: I have some links I'm going to send you to (laughs) your dad, um, because, um, it turns out LDL cholesterol is actually, uh, not dangerous. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. The number one prescribed drug in the world is statins. Um, I definitely
0: heard that a lot.
1: Yeah. And, um, LDL in and of itself, 80% of the cholesterol in our body is made by our own body. So the only, we're only talking about, you know, 20% here that's coming from your diet. Um, you need cholesterol to live. Um, and um, there there are types of cholesterol that are dangerous, and these are the damaged cholesterol. This is, We're talking about glycated cholesterol, which is when um, cholesterol collides with glucose. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also happen with fructose too. So um, that cholesterol is a damaged cholesterol. The particle becomes smaller, and that's the one that's dangerous. And so that comes from eating... Too much sugar, too many carbs, this and the other. Not from eating meats, not from eating saturated fat and things like that. Um, so having a, a high LDL, just that number on its own, doesn't really tell us anything. We want to look at these, you know, these damaged particles, which is a test that most doctors won't run. And um, most doctors will freak out on you if your LDL is high and they will put you on a set And they really, I don't know. I'm gonna send you some links and be gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna send you some links to send to your dad because um. Really it's it's been a, a misguided uh principle of, of medication mm. um and of medicine, which um I think that we're gonna be seeing a class action lawsuit, the likes of which we've never seen very, very soon with statins.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh so what does I I guess how'd you get into this? Let's let's start it there.
1: Okay. So so I began this because of a very, very noble quest to look hot in crop tops. <laughs> <laughs> That was my only motivation was everybody around me was wearing crop tops. you know, I live in Colombia. We're famous for having beautiful girls and so everyone was walking around looking super hot in their crop tops and I got very jealous because I was very chubby.
0: I just want to uh, clarify when you say Colombia, you mean Columbia, the country Colombia. Okay. I just wanted to confirm that because I I didn't know if you no offense to people in Ohio. I think it's Ohio. Columbus is the capital of Ohio. Sorry, keep going.
1: I think it's named after the same guy. (laughs) Um, So um, so what's it called? Yeah. So all these, you know, I was was jealous. Let's call a spade a spade. I was jealous of all these cute girls and their beautiful crop tops and their amazing stomachs. I said, I want to look like that. Um, And so I thought, I'm going to get back into intermittent fasting. I kind of done it. um, And I I had been really had breakfast in, in quite a long time, but I was kind of not doing it right. I was eating late my bre- i was eating my breakfast yeah. late but then i was eating way into the night so yeah, i wasn't yeah. really doing it you know i was i had a pretty large eating window so i was like okay i'm going to get back into this intermittent fasting thing and i don't even know where i heard about the ketogenic diet i think it popped up in my youtube feed because i was looking at fasting i was like what is this keto thing let's try this um and i had tried atkins a long time ago cuz my mom was on it and my mom had, had great success with it but I think I lasted like a day and a half or two days. I was like, I can't, this is impossible. Nobody can actually do this. Um, because I actually didn't know about electrolytes. That was my fatal flaw. So <laughs> I tried it again this time and I was successful. Um, I lost exactly 50 pounds in just over three months. Um, I went from being, you know, on the borderline of being obese to being quite thin, like to being exactly the perfect weight that I like, I'm like yeah, this is exactly the number I wanted. This is perfect. Um, and I was like, cool, mission accomplished. But then some other funny things started happening. Um, So I've had ADHD all my life. You know, I was born with it. Um, I started really noticing problems when I started getting homework about age eight. I couldn't sit down and do my homework, no matter what. Um, I couldn't do it during study hall during the day. I would have to come home, watch TV, eat dinner, do everything else, write a song or (laughs) compose a poem or learn a Shakespearean monologue, like literally everything else except my homework. And then when I was exhausted, then I would sit down and do my homework and sometimes pass out on my book. And that was my whole life. Um, I could never do anything unless there was a serious deadline or somebody was standing over me or there was some pressure. I just couldn't do it. And it sounds silly, like, well, why didn't you just do it? I just couldn't do it. And I was miserable. You know, I, this was something that just affected the way I felt about myself. Um, I got really good grades in high school, miraculously, Um, but I was doing everything at the last minute. I was exhausted. I, you know, um, and then I never applied to the college I wanted to, because I just didn't get around to doing the flipping application. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, the point being, I had a huge problem with procrastination my whole life. And so then after being on this diet for a while, I think it was about a month is what I want to I say, but I don't have the exact date. Um, it was lesson planning day, my least favorite day of the week. I was working as an online English teacher and I hated Sundays because Sundays was lesson planning day. And that, that meant I had to get up. The Sunday
0: scaries, you mean.
1: Yeah, because I had to do all this stuff. I didn't have a boss. I didn't really have a deadline. I mean, I had to do it before dawn on Monday. You know, Um, my husband was always pissed off at me, and rightly so because he would say, "Do you want to do something?" And I was like, "No, I have to work." But I wouldn't work until about sunset when the tiredness kicked in. All day, I would do everything else. I would cook. (laughs) I cooked some amazing food. (laughs) Like you know, I would listen to music. I would dance. I would like everything except my bloody work. And this was every single Sunday until one day I woke up at 7am, made some coffee, sat down, opened my computer and finished my work by 10am. And I said, what just happened? This is the first time in my life, in my life. Okay. I'm in my (laughs) forties. The first time in my life that I had just said I was going to do something and just did it what is going on? I was like, okay, okay that's not ever going to happen again. And the next Sunday it happened again. And the next Sunday it happened again. And the next, and I was like, what's going on? Is it because of this diet? I started looking into it and researching it. Now there's not a ton of research specifically on ADHD, but there is a lot of research on, um, on epilepsy, for example, and seeing what happens because keto was invented for
0: epilepsy. I did see that study on the uh, lab mice that, uh, well, one of the studies they did with, because they, they were tying schizophrenic uh, how the brain works with people with ADHD, right?
1: Uh, in mice or in people?
0: It, well, I I just saw the one with lab mice. I, I should have okay. digged a little bit closer, because, but okay. keep going. Because there
1: are, there are case studies of it reversing schizophrenia in people. People who mm-hmm. have been completely dysfunctional. Let's just call it spade. They they couldn't leave their house. They mm-hmm. were afraid to leave their house, you know, because the, especially in like in the case of paranoid schizophrenia, you think someone's following you. Um, and then there's an excellent, excellent book called brain energy by Chris Palmer. And they talk about this one case where the patient was schizophrenic and also very, very overweight. And they're like, well, let's just put you on keto so you can lose weight. At least we can help you with your weight. We can at least fix one thing. And then two weeks later, he was like, you know what? I think you guys have been right this whole time. I think I am schizophrenic, <laughs> you know? And, the, and, and the guy is thriving now. So it's um it's put schizophrenia into remission in people um it fixed my adhd i would say it's 95 percent gone um it's helped people with depression it's helped people with anorexia which is that they always say don't put anorexic people on keto it's helping them get over their anorexia so there's a lot going on there's there's some the, some magic to this to this way of eating for sure
0: what's that book i read a while ago it was called uh, the dorito effect have you ever read that book
1: no and i want to
0: read it i'm going to write that down
1: <laughs> what's it, what's it <laughs> well, about
0: it's a hard read in some chapters It's talking about like the US and how it's a give and take with the food system. As the population got larger, we had to scale up food. So one section is talking about how started breeding chickens for uh, more muscle. They're packing them in, feeding them, not what they were used to, like um, grasshoppers and like seed on the ground. Whereas now they're in cages, they're in those large containers. They all eat like grain and stuff like that to bulk up their muscle. Um, and they were talking about how they have a really good example of this man was saying that he's, he's never had something as good as his mom's, like, I think pot pie or chicken and dumplings or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, his wife had tried like for like 20 or 30 years to make this chicken, but like could never succeed. So one time she gets a chicken, like a boiler chicken from like a, uh, not an organic farm, but a, like a farm that where the chickens aren't like caged up and they're like, what's that song? I sing to my song. Uh,
1: Old McDonald's.
0: <laughs> Old McDonald's. Yeah. It was like one of those farms. And so she cooks up this chicken, just like the recipe had said, cooks it up. And he's like, this is it. And mm. the, the book also talks about Doritos, how Doritos like artificial flavoring had come to like this amazing thing, but led to all these artificial like You know, like this is what strawberries taste like, but they don't actually taste like that in real life. So it's like after a certain time, people think this is what strawberries taste like if you don't actually eat them. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting book because they bring up stuff like sheep knowing like what nutrients they want by what bush they go to or like their body is telling them what they need. I definitely Mm -hmm. recommend the book if you haven't read it because it brings up a lot of like uh... Like I said, I I don't know if it was the right idea. For example, to do that with uh, raising chickens, because I mean, in some respect, nobody's starving. But what did I hear that more people are dying from obesity than they are starvation? So
1: it's kind of messed up, actually. In the, the US, U.S., at, at least,
0: yeah, In the U.S., at least,
1: yeah, and and many other countries too. And and the thing that a lot of people don't realize is a lot of times, um, well, first of all, let me just say this about obesity: it's most of the time not your fault if you're obese. Um, and that's something that we hear in the messaging all the time, you know, you're, Oh, it's, it's your fault. You didn't exercise. You ate too much. Da, da, da. Usually it's not because of that. <laughs> it's, it's often, um, you know, often you are actually malnourished, um, and not getting enough of what you actually need, uh, or the signaling is, let's just say broken in the body. You know, um, I'm sure you've heard about the, hormone, the hormones leptin and ghrelin um you know ghrelin's the one that makes us hungry and leptin's the one that tells us that um you're you're good <laughs> you know um I've so, heard of them
0: but I had no idea what they do
1: Yeah and so for example leptin is the satiety hormone um and it comes from our fat so in you know when it's working right you're you have a little bit of fat on you and your body goes okay you got enough fat you don't have to be starving But when that signal is disrupted, your body thinks, "Oh, I have you know little to no fat. I'm going to die. I'm starving." And so this is where you know one of those reasons is we hear about insulin resistance all the time. Another thing that exists is leptin resistance. You you can be resistant to leptin, and so you feel like you're starving. So how dare you tell somebody who's obese that they just need to exercise more or that they, they need to stop eating so much. They literally think they're starving. Their body thinks they're starving. So sorry to people that're saying, "Oh, just exercise, just get off the couch. Go f yourself because you're wrong." You're wrong. You know, it's not th- it's not these people's fault. It wasn't my fault. Um I tried everything to to stop you know, overeating. And I just couldn't because I was eating garbage and my body didn't understand what to do with it, mm-hmm. you know? So I uh, try as I might, I, I couldn't because my body was like, dude, we're starving. <laughs> like we got to do something about this.
0: So I guess, what would you recommend for, I guess, for a person, I guess, seeking to go k- kind of like altering their diet who are trying to not take medication for ADHD?
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are different ways to go about it. Um, If you talk to some practitioners, so this is where it kind of differs. And so what I'm going to say is, it actually works pretty fast. So don't worry, if you don't get it right the first time, in a couple of weeks, you can try something else. Um, It's not like you have to be on it for a year, and then you'll feel a a magical effect. Usually people start feeling effects within two to three
0: weeks. Like you Um, did, right? Those Sundays.
1: Yeah, those, I, I have to go back through my notes and see like when I messaged my like students early in the morning <laughs> for the first time um, and see how long it actually took me. Cause I, I don't have a, a good idea about exactly when it was, but I think mm-hmm. it was about a month okay. for me. Um, I think it was about a month into it. Um, So, so some practitioners will tell you, you need to be on a strict version of keto. Some practitioners will tell you to start on a paleo diet, which is you know, not so much about the macronutrient ratios, but more just about not having junk. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of all this pre-farming uh, times is what we're thinking about with um, a paleo diet, which is going to be no grains, no no grains, <laughs> not quinoa, not no grain, no <laughs> no grains, no beans. You know, anything that that you basically need um, serious agriculture to grow because okay you're gonna say oh well you need a farm for a cow yeah well in theory you could you know you could have a cow without a farm um so that anything that's like pre-agriculture could be a paleo diet so that's one option and that um the the statistics that i've heard i haven't worked with it too much with clients but the statistics i've heard is that helps about 50 percent of people (laughs) see relief um and then the rest will need to do something more like Like a stricter version of keto, Um, and then there's a small subset of people that need to go all the way to something like a carnivore diet uh, because of food sensitivities. But in my experience and from the research I've looked at, um, a relatively strict ketogenic diet will help most people with their ADHD symptoms.
0: Yeah, and I'm probably not remember what's the term that goes from when you kind of completely not completely isolate carbs, but your brain starts using uh protein rather than uh sugar what what's your, brain,
1: that process? your brain starts using ketones it's called ketosis,
0: ketosis? yes that's mm-hmm. it okay and your brain
1: starts using ketones And
0: what what is that actually like because i've always thought of it like i don't know like a like a switch goes off like by the way we're we're just eating protein now people like sorry the sugar's all out we're just having protein for now on
1: do you well, know it's what
0: is pro- what it's, it's, it's kind of like
1: protein. i gotta correct you yes In please do listening. please do it's not just protein it's very the the diet is very low carb moderate mm-hmm. protein mm-hmm. and a very high fat okay So most of your energy is coming from fat. You're getting the protein that you need because protein is essential. We die in maximum 70 days. Uh, We don't have protein. And so protein and fat are essential. Carbs are completely non-essential. Anyone who tells you that you need to eat carbs to live is an idiot and you should not listen to them anymore. Uh, You heard it here. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so it's high fat, moderate protein, very low carb. Um, And so what's the feel like? Well, uh, some people say they feel like a switch has been flipped. Some people notice a little bit more of a gradual change. In my case, um, it was, you know, that when I could sit down and do my work, that was like, whoa. And then another thing happened, which is that um, I have had, or I had, let's say, because I don't have it anymore, I had severe PMS, which is called PMDD, so this premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So you're actually dysphoric, <laughs> like um, ever since I was a teenager. So, you know, ever since I, wasn't a kid. I had this and it was, it's horrible. You know, people make light of it. Like, oh, you know, you just have PMS. No, it's, you know, you want to kill yourself. You want to kill other people. You stay, sometimes you're in bed crying for days. You feel like you just don't want to go on your, it's um, a higher suicide risk. Um, And that also just went away. It's a hundred percent gone now. I have no premenstrual symptoms at all. I don't even have cramps. I have no idea when I'm going to get my period anymore. I used to have a whole week of like, it's coming, <laughs> like prepare, like batten down the hatches, like don't make any important phone calls because you will lose your temper. And, and now I'm like, what day is like, I have to look at my app. I'm like, oh, it's coming any minute now. I didn't even know um, because I feel the same. I'm not bloated. I used to look like a, like a big old puffer fish all the time, but even more so for a week out of every month. Um, and so in my case, that just went away. I was like shocked. I had no idea. Um I've talked to other people about it and I've had a lot of people say that it's helped them with that too. I haven't read any research on it. Um so if anyone's out there just looking for research projects that's a good one. <laughs> um, so, um so yeah, so in terms of how it feels like I would say some people for some people it feels like a switch um and some people feel this kind of kind of like gradual thing but a lot, mm-hmm. but most people will say like wow, I really feel this mental clarity and this calmness. In fact, I didn't know I was such an anxious person (laughs) until I stopped being so anxious. And I was like, oh, I'm actually pretty chill right now. Um, I don't consider myself to be a shy person at all. But when I go to or when I went in the past, when I went to parties, I would feel nervous. And I don't know if it's just because there was just so much going on. You know, the ADHD brain sometimes has trouble figuring out what to listen to and whatnot. So I felt sometimes like all conversations were entering my head at the same time. And what do I say? And I don't want to interrupt anybody, you you know, all this stuff. Now I go to parties and I'm like, cool, I'm, and I feel like I'm actually breathing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this, is, these are actually quite fun. I understand the fascination with like socializing now. It's actually not that stressful. Yeah. Um,
0: so those I, have been some
1: of the effects. When I
0: go to a party, it's basically like I'm taking all the sensory information in and assessing basically different people there, and like I'm I'm quiet just because I'm trying to take all this information in and analyze it and and, and that's usually if a, it's a party that I, I know no one. So it's like I'm trying to think about all the scenarios and what to stay away from and the people that m- maybe I would uh, um, be able to have a conversation with, stuff like that. So, yeah, that would be nice.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, um I still sometimes like I still will sometimes you know, get uh, see something and kind of look away. It's like a bad habit I still have, um, which I think people sometimes think is like rude. It's like, are you listening to me? It's like, yeah, I'm listening. I know you, but look over there. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 did you did you not see that person? Um, and I'm one, you know, I'm one of those people. I can always find a four leaf clover if there is one to be found. I will find it because I'm I just kind of have that you know way of looking around a lot. So that's something I I have to. I'm going to do an experiment next time I go to a party and see if I'm still doing that. Um, but um, I feel you know, I still kind of do that sometimes if someone's talking to me and I see something over there. I'm like, oh, what's that? Um, but other than that, I just feel much, much, much calmer and I'm able to do things. And it's kind of weird um, because I lived my whole life not really being able to do what I wanted to do. And so now that I can, I'm like, oh, well, damn, <laughs> what do I do? You know, What do I do? Because the things that I put on my to-do list are actually going to get done. So now I got to actually put Good things on there. Whereas before, I was like, "Oh, let's put this on here. None of this is gonna get done. So who really cares anyway?" Now I'm like, "No, let's put some decent stuff on here because I'm actually gonna do it." So it, it's been almost like—I don't want to say being reborn. That's like kind of dramatic, but it's like learning to do a lot of things over again because now I actually feel like I can do them. It, it's kind of weird, and I'm like, "This is pretty easy." Like all y'all people that don't have ADHD, like if you know, I don't hear any complaints, you have it pretty easy. <laughs> I'm joking, of course, but you know, that's kind of how I felt.
0: So what what's a success story? Obviously there's yours, but someone that you've dealt with that uh you've kind of done the same for. Can you share one of those?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so um one person that I've worked with um mentioned that they had a lot of success in their relationship. Um and it was kind of it was it wasn't like the main reason that they came to me. You know what I mean? They um they came to me for what we would say are kind of these more, I don't know, I want to say kind of typical things we deal with with ADHD, things like procrastination tends to be the, one of the big ones, right? Um, so they came to me more for work on procrastination and and just kind of having mental clarity. And then as a surprising side effect, they found that they were no longer fighting with their spouse all the time. And, and you know, it wasn't even a goal and it wasn't something they even necessarily put any effort into. Um, it's just that, you know, their their brain wasn't so stressed out anymore. Um, and it's something we don't realize if we live with it all the time, but we are on kind of stress mode, <laughs> like most of the time. Um, there's a lot of research about cortisol in the ADHD brain. In some cases, it's too high, in some cases it's too low. Um, so in some cases we're under stress, in some cases we're attracting stress because we almost need it. So we have a, a crummy relationship with stress, um, you know, it tends to find us and we tend to seek it out too. Um, and so obviously that's going to, that's going to play into everything. It's going to mess up your sleep. It's going to mess up your work. It's going to mess up your relationships. And so in this person's case, it was really cool. Cause I was like, Oh, it's like, <laughs> you know, come for the mental clarity, stay for the marriage repair. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's um... yeah.
0: You charged your extra, right? <laughs>
1: No, it's, it's like a bonus and some something that I say that it, when I talk about these kind of you know therapeutic diets such as keto um paleo diets, carnivore diet, it's like um, you know those machines where it's like where you it's like a claw, those claw machines and you get like the um stuff yeah, you're
0: you're not just getting one you're getting three different things when you yeah, pull it's out. Like,
1: it's like that you know that I've seen that never
0: of- happens by the way. oh you, you might be thinking of the the candy ones maybe yeah it was actually a whole bunch
1: i've seen some that are rigged but i'm trying to think of like maybe that's not the best metaphor because
0: you don't get anything
1: but it's like um okay it's like those um scratch i've got i got a
0: vending machine you know how like you see like maybe a twix bar leaning over and then Uh you're like oh maybe i can get two for that so you put it in and then you get two twix bars for the i'm not a twix person but like if it's dangling i can get two for one like you say
1: it's it's true it's like uh we're gonna have to work on the metaphor (laughs) because it's similar to that too but it's like i feel like everybody everybody's a winner you know like um you're gonna get some benefit out of it um and it, it might be exactly what you wanted and it might be something you didn't even know you needed um you know in my case it was like oh I, I'm actually calm. I didn't even know I needed to calm down. Now I know, and I'm calm. Cool. (laughs) You know, so it's like a, a surprise. It's like, um, so many things, uh, clear up. Um, my other favorite benefit has been sleep. So, um, I, this is embarrassing really, but I spent my entire life never feeling rested, um, ever. And, It was horrible. For example, when I was in school, my parents had to just drag me out of bed. Um, I started mostly every, pretty much every day of my childhood with a fight um, because I couldn't get out of bed and my parents didn't understand, you know, and I was just exhausted. I wasn't, I I was going to bed super late. I wasn't sleeping well and and I just couldn't get up. And my whole life I was like, oh, that's just life. You are just, people are just always tired. That's just how it is. And then uh, probably about a month into keto, one day I just woke up and I was like, Oh, I feel great. Like, I actually feel rested. Like, what is this? I feel rested. And as I went through, you know, went through the diet more and more, I noticed I'm sleeping about an hour less than I used to. And I feel great. So it's like, cool. I got this like extra hour in my day and I'm actually sleeping. You know, um, I don't have to set 10 alarms anymore. Like I used to have the the phone, Another phone, alarm clock radio. And like, I'm sure all of my neighbors throughout history want me to die very soon, like, very soon, because I'm sure I disrupted the sleep of many, many people. And it was just because it would take five, six, seven, eight alarms for me to wake up and then get out of bed. Mm -hmm. So that's been another, that's maybe, maybe my
0: favorite bonus
1: has been the sleep one.
0: That is nice. So I have a, Stupid, silly question, but this was always difficult for me when I was doing it. I, I did do it for a while, but I felt like I didn't have like solid foods to go to for my like, like I, I was eating, what, what was I eating? Like pork rinds, bacon. I was eating cheeses. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say cheeses. I'm talking like, like pepper jack string cheese and stuff like that. Um, What are like some of your your go-tos like for let's not just say meals because meals you can do but I can do but like in between stuff what, what would you recommend for that
1: okay well that's an interesting question because actually um I don't really snack very much um anymore because um I always try to eat a lot at my meals um and you know you'll hear different kinds of advice but um one of the prevailing pieces of advice you hear with keto is to eat until you're comfortably stuffed such that you hopefully won't really want to snack much in between. If you do want to snack on things, you can have processed meat. I know people are like "What processed meat. How could you? Um, I was listening to a lecture by Dr. Sean Baker. He's a brilliant guy in the carnivore space. And he was saying that one of the foods with the most bioavailability of nutrients is actually bologna. And here we always think like, Oh my God, processed food. Yeah. Processed carbohydrates are really bad for you because it's just a blast sugar blast although, you know, non-processed carbohydrates still spike your insulin quite a bit too and spike your blood glucose. But, um, so processed meats, unless they have a lot of crap in them are really not a food to be demonized, you know? Um, so you can have processed meats. You can have, I have like hard boiled eggs on hand sometimes. Um, I'm weird. Cause I don't like cheese, but you could snack on cheese. <laughs> um, cheese is one of those. You got to watch it. If you find that you're binging on cheese then you're one of the people that can't have cheese Sorry. You can't. Have cheese. <laughs> and then you know you got to watch it or figure something else out maybe try it for dessert or something like that mm. um but there are some people and i've noticed that that happens to me with yogurt like mm. i could be stuffed and yogurt will still enter <laughs> so so i've noticed that like okay i'm gonna i gotta watch it on yogurt um personally even when it's my homemade, like super fancy yogurt with this like weird bacteria that I bought on the internet, I can still like really polish it off. And so that's something I noticed. Okay. Maybe that's not the one for me, but some people do just fine with cheeses and any, uh, and most types of dairies, we're not supposed to be drinking milk on keto. Um, so we want to have, you know, the, the cheeses and full fat dairy, nothing mm-hmm. reduced fat
0: kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like the Greek yogurt.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, just make sure it's not reduced fat um, and doesn't have any weird stuff in it, like artificial sweeteners or whatever. Um, So other snacks you can have. You can snack on nuts, although um, most of the time you will hear people say to have them as a dessert because those are another one that you can really chomp on down on. Even yeah, if you're-
0: that's that's going to be hard to tell people like, hey, dessert, we're having nuts. <laughs> Some people will be like, that's crazy. Like, you're going to have me eat nuts.
1: <laughs> um, Yeah, I would have said the same i would have said i was i was an absolute sugar addict absolutely and just i couldn't i i it was either um zero cookies or the entire box of cookies i couldn't the say, whole I, sleeve I, multiple <laughs> sleeves um, <laughs> enough sleeves for like an octopus's sweater okay um, <laughs> so um so yeah for, so in terms of snacks my the de- default answer is
0: by the way that was really funny i I was just rethinking how good that joke is more sleeves than an octopus is, uh, you say blouse or sweater
1: sweater. That's yeah. good. I
0: really like that. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry. Keep
1: going. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I would say something like, probably you're not going to want a snack. If you, if you do want a snack, maybe you're not eating enough. So maybe eat some more, but if you want a snack, uh, try to do something like eggs. Um, you can have, you know, some leftovers. Um, what are some other snacks that I have? nuts if you're not going crazy with them but again try to keep those more towards dessert um beef jerky things like that any kind of beef products um i would recommend staying away from most of the keto snacks um and like the things that's like sweetened with black and it's like what is what is this um we still don't know exactly um what those things do to us there's all the all kinds of conflicting if you want to you know get in a fight on the internet go start talking about artificial sweeteners or non-nutritive sweeteners um people or, will tell you all or different net things. carbs right or yeah net versus total is it, carbs isn't is a, net is carbs between. kind
0: of like a just like a advertisement ploy? like when they say net carbs it's like fiber minus carbs or something like that i'm like i never go by that or is that actually a uh a backed thing
1: um it's tricky it's uh, that's another tricky one and also we have to be careful uh depends where you are because okay. um this is in the U- like using the U.S. systems um in I've heard and I haven't paid too much attention to this but I've heard that in other countries they do it a little differently but i mm-hmm. um, talking about net carbs and things like that so this is another one that the jury is kind of split on some people will say ah, oh, just do net carbs um which is carbs minus fiber and I think ostensibly minus is sugar, alcohols and things like that. But I don't eat sugar, alcohols because they make me sick. So um, carbs minus fiber. Um, and then some people will say, no, you need to count total carbs. So um, there's, you know, there's room for interpretation, experimentation there Um, when you talk to most people in the mental health space, they will tell you to go by total carbs. I will tell people usually let's try it with the net carbs.
0: Let's see and let's how it see. reacts. Yeah
1: but, but <laughs> I'm going to be like, this is what I say, like, Hey, I'm going to be nice. And I'm going to give you these net carbs, but I don't want you eating crap. I don't want to see that you ate some bar that said it was zero carbs because they added a bunch of crap. And like, that doesn't work. <laughs> you know, you can't eat, like you can't drink like a uh, Coca-Cola and then have some Metamucil and expect it to cancel out. That's not how it works. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's why I was like, if you're going to be um you know having these snacky things that i don't want you to have then we're doing total carbs i'm sorry otherwise we can try net carbs um because especially if you're eating you know if some people really like to eat vegetables and so it's it's going to be okay most of the time the the fiber in the vegetables is going to is going to make a difference um you know most of the time and in a, in a natural food in a not natural food total carbs
0: <laughs> yeah Okay. I think we've gotten to our, our final question. Uh, what is something that your parents did that you'd like to pass on to the next generation? And what's something that you want to do differently or do completely new that your parents would never have done?
1: Oh my gosh, this is a really difficult question. Um, so let's see. So my father was an immigrant from the middle East and my mother grew up on a farm in the deep South. Um, um, so I grew how up the, how did
0: they meet by the way
1: they met in a hospital in Cleveland so my mom moved to Cleveland looking for work my dad wound up in the U.S. because he came there to study and then the Lebanese Civil War broke out and he was like I'm gonna stay here
0: man that's um. interesting that sounds like sounds like a love story movie type uh deal <laughs> sorry keep going
1: that's a good kind of so they met at a hospital their first date was um a one-year-old's birthday party wow my dad conned my mom into going he was like i he he played dumb he was like i need a birthday present for a one-year-old girl my mom was <laughs> like oh well, I, I got you i got you don't worry and my mom is such a perfectionist she went and bought a gift wrapped it like my mom always wins the blue ribbon in any flower uh competition flower arranging competition she's like a perfectionist so she wrapped it immaculately and she was like here i got you this and i wrapped it he's like okay good now come to the party with me and she was <laughs> like <Yeah>. okay <laughs> and that was our first date and Um, you know, in the rest of history. Um, So let's see something that they did that I would like to do. Well, um, I would just say that probably the thing that I most learned from my parents is industriousness um, and hard work um, and and having a strong work ethic. I mean, they, you know, in their cases, they didn't have a choice. Like they both came from, um, you know, pretty difficult circumstances and and so they had no choice. So I just grow, grew up thinking, well that's just how it is. You just work. Like that's normal. Um and so that's something that um that I I continue to to value is not necessarily working yourself into the ground because I definitely um don't think that that's a good idea and I try to help people not overwork but just this idea of taking pride in your work mm. is something that I learned from them. So um I I would just never do any kind of work unless it was something that I put my heart and soul into. Um, otherwise I'll, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Um, makes sense. What yeah, you want to so, put in, you get out. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So I would say that the number one thing I learned from them is taking pride in your work and putting your heart and soul into your work. Yeah. Um, and then the flip side is ironically, uh, um, not working too much,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, because I did see that, um, I, I definitely saw my father do that. He had four careers simultaneously, not jobs careers. He was, um, yeah, he was one of the most talented vascular surgeons, um, in Cleveland. He also, um, had a development company, a real estate development company, a real estate management company, and he was a day trader (laughs) with stocks. Um, and he was very, very, very obsessed with, um, with success. Very much so. And, um, I think to the detriment of his health, definitely. Um, you know, he was a vascular surgeon and here he was obese two pack a day smoker, heavy drinker, um, short fuse kind of situation, you know? Um, and we never, I never went on vacation with him unless it was to go to a medical conference, you know? So this is somebody that he had a joie de vivre about him. Um, but he was just working too much he worked way too much. I don't think he enjoyed, I don't think he enjoyed his life as much as he deserved to. Um, and then my mother on, on, for her part, she also worked a lot in, um, in her career and then just worked so much in the home cooking for us, like always cooking the spectacular meal every single night. Um, and looking back, I'm like, y'all could have re- like, you only had one child, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I, didn't really need and I never asked for any like fan. I didn't have any concept of luxury goods. I never asked for anything, you know, so special. And so when I look back and I think uh, about all the work, all the suffering, all the health consequences, they both suffered through. I think why, like why, yeah, <laughs> you know why, like you guys, like we could have really relaxed a lot. <laughs> um, so so it's funny, like I guess it's it's funny trying to to reconcile the two because on the one hand it's like I want to work hard and take pride in my work, but I don't want to work for the sake of work and I don't want to overwork myself. So they seem like um, contradictory ideas, but they're actually kind of the same idea because the idea is just to figure out what you want to do and do it well and then stop and go have fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what I've seen from a lot of people, I guess, from this podcast and maybe even my personal experience, like for example, I would guess that your parents, basically their parents were I'm assuming they were even harder workers. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it's a it's either a vicious cycle, like the next the next generation kind of is even harder workers or they go the exact opposite way.
1: That's a really good theory, but you're wrong. Um, <laughs> you're you're wrong actually. Um yeah because I like, um neither of them so my mom grew up on a farm um so yeah you have to work hard on a farm farm but uh, aside from just doing what you had to do, yeah, they had to work hard, but they weren't necessarily enterprising. And then on my dad's side, um, it was kind of this thing of my dad always complained like that his parents never bought their apartment. They rented the same apartment well into old age. And he's like, well, what are you guys doing? You know, so um, they they n- were not necessarily hard workers, as far as I know.
0: As but far that's as what I'm saying. Like he didn't want the same thing for uh, himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he worked so hard to get that. Yeah. And then, when you're looking at him, you don't understand that he's trying to do what you're doing, but the exact opposite. Like, he's like, like, you don't understand. Like my parents, they, they could have, they had so much time. They could have, and that's probably why he had like four professions. He was Mm. not just working for himself, but working for maybe what his parents could have had. Yeah, it's funny. It's like that uh, paradox for like celebrities are very like rich entrepreneurs who don't want to give their children money because they think they're going to be soft and all this stuff but then you want an amazing life for these children because you have the wealth the power the stuff like that so it's like how do I how do I raise these kids to
1: mm-hmm.
0: like have good values to understand the value of money like all these things that they can you know just like you were saying like you could have relaxed a little bit you didn't need to your dad didn't need to be stressed out as much mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's just yeah, it's just true. so hard to under yeah
1: yeah you're right so you're right he was that uh, he was like making up for for last time and it, and it's funny because he wanted to go into business and he told his dad i want to be a businessman and his dad didn't have a concept of that he's like what do you mean you want to open like a candy store like he didn't understand what business was he thought yeah. that's like businesses like you have a little shop. He just didn't have a, a concept of it. My dad was like, no, no, no. And his dad was like, no, that's no, you need to be an engineer or a doctor. Da, da, da. And so then oddly enough, when I, when I came up out, um, of the, of high school, whatever, I was like, I'm going to be an actress. And my dad was like, no, oh, you need to go into business. So it's funny. Like, every, it like a generation of generation, like you need to do this. Cause that's what I wanted you to do. And I, and like, and of course I was like, no, um, I'm going to go into the arts. And so I, I began, you know, my professional life in the arts, um, much to his chagrin. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, that's how it goes. Yeah. What, what about in, in your family? Have, have you already answered the question on the podcast or can I ask?
0: Oh no. Uh, my my dad was a he's an air compressor mechanic, a salt of the earth, hard worker, like always put others before himself. And my mom, kindergarten teacher, always working. And then it's like the classic like you have to go to college. For example, if I would have done like a soft science like sociology or like psychology or stuff like that, I don't I don't think that would have since they were paying for college. I don't think that would have flied to put it that way. So it's the same type of mentality. Like they were trying to put, which I mean, any normal person would do, like, I want my child to be safe. Like no matter what happens to me, like, I want them to have more, the money I'm putting towards my child. I want to have more, uh, boom for my buck. I would say like, Mm -hmm. if I, so I was an engineer or I became an engineer um mm-hmm. i don't know if it was the best thing for me i mean i enjoy my job but it's it's hard to determine what your passions are at such a young age if you haven't experienced what they could be something like I that i agree
1: i agree. I think it's crazy that we ask people uh, around age 18 to figure out what they want to do i mean people ask
0: you people ask you between the ages of like i feel like a kindergarten or like a mm-hmm. first grader like oh what do you want to be when you grow up oh i want to be a like my son, I asked him what he wants to be, and he's two and a half, and he says paleontologist <laughs> just because he loves dinosaurs. And I'm like, hey, that's fine. But I, I can't even pronounce I,
1: that I, word. That's so many syllables.
0: Well, he says all the dinosaurs. He actually had apraxia for the longest time, um, and he just started talking, which is amazing. But uh, yeah, he'll say parasyrolophus. Parasaurol- parasyrolophus not as still throw it together. It's actually pretty good.
1: but yeah okay watch that space he's gonna be a yeah yeah
0: now he's gonna be a paleontologist and just to spite me basically from what (laughs) we've been saying um but uh tell us what you're working on right now
1: what am i working on um so i have um, a little youtube channel where i talk about the ketogenic diet and adhd and all things related to keto and all things related to adhd um, and so you can find me on YouTube. My name is Julie Sad Wellness on YouTube. And I work with clients. Um, I have a 13-week program where we go from frazzled to focused. <laughs> um, and we focus on all areas of of health. So sleep, um, movement, nutrition. And the nutrition is the basis of it. Um, and it includes um, ADHD coaching as well. So it's a cool program. Um, and it's actually a lot of fun. Like people think, like, oh, it's going to be this like hard work. It's, it's actually like quite camp. fun. <laughs> it's gonna be like boot camp no no it's it's fun because um with adhd if it's not fun like it's probably not gonna happen so yeah (laughs) so so it's fun (laughs) so um and and so that's where i am you can you guys can find me online um on youtube or my website is juliesad.com and sad is with two a's
0: okay and i'll I'll throw it up when this episode goes up as well so people can just click click to it
1: cool awesome
0: yeah, thank you very much for being on the show. appreciate no, it. No,
1: thank you for having me. It was really really interesting speaking with you.
0: And just as usual, I learned a bunch of stuff that obviously I had no clue about.
1: Well, I'm sending you links for your dad.
0: Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, have a good night.
1: Thank you, you too.
0: Okay. Bye. Bye. If you like this week's episode of People More Interesting Than Me, please follow me on Apple Podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these.